Hey, South Bend City Church, Mariah here, the Director of Art and Worship. We're so thankful that you chose to join us today, and we're even more grateful that you're a part of our community day in, day out. Whether you're local or long distance, wanted to give you a few reminders in the life of our community. First of all, we consider ourselves to be a place of grace and peace for the city and the world. And we can only do that through the generosity of those that are a part of our community, whether it be those giving of their time to volunteer and make things happen in person and online, or whether you give financially. Thank you. If you want to give financially today, you can do so by going to southbendcitychurch.com slash give. That's also in the show notes below. We've got a couple different funds that are there, the general fund, which is kind of our day-to-day operations. We've got our care fund that goes directly to the needs of our community, those that maybe reach out and need help with this or that. That fund is dedicated specifically to those needs or to the Tribune Project. We're well on our way. Demolition is done and renovations are in full swing. And it's through your generosity to all of those funds that we're able to exist and that we're able to be a place of grace and peace. So whether you give to all of them, whether you give of your time, or whether you just give of your energies and are a part of our community, thank you. All right, so this weekend we started a three-week series on gratitude. And before you turn this off or roll your eyes and write it off, just trust us. We talked about what gratitude is, what it isn't, and how we can use gratitude as our guide this holiday season. This weekend, we heard from Beth Graybill, and much of her description of gratitude comes from the work of Brother David Steindl Rast and Dr. Robert Emons. And the list of questions near the end is from a recent social media post by on-site workshops of nine questions to ask yourself to start planning for the holidays today. All right. Thanks for trusting us. Thanks for joining us for this podcast. Let's jump in with the rest of our community now. Thank you. It's so good to be with you guys this morning. Lynn, thank you for that kind introduction. I don't know about wise and insightful, but I'm with you this morning. How's that? Um, Speaking of being with you, I know some of us show up here and we're like, oh, we feel amazing because we had an extra hour of sleep. And then there are others who have littles in our lives, whether we are parents or caregivers or we babysat last night, whatever. And um, you were up extra early. And if you are here and you are grumpy, I just want to say we are with you and we see you and many of us were in your shoes and it gets better. It gets better. Um, And I can say that as... um, the parent and caregiver of an 18 and 20 year old, it took a long time for them to sleep in. We had one in particular who was always like, bling, it's 5.30, you know, even on normal weekends. And so um, if that's you this morning, hopefully you get a nap and we're really grateful that you're here with us. Um, so we're talking about gratitude today. Um, it is the first weekend in November. And just to show of hands, if you're uh, willing to admit this, how many of us are feeling a little cynical about gratitude today? It's okay if we are. There's like a lot of us who feel that way. Um, You know, when Jay first said, hey, would you kick off a series in gratitude? I was like, really? Gratitude? I actually thought I was going to get to continue the Romans conversation, which might have been a little easier than talking about gratitude. But here we are this first weekend in November. And November hits, and every year it's like, surprise, it's November, right? Um, And it's November, and it's less than three weeks until Thanksgiving, less than seven weeks or right around seven weeks until Christmas, and we're wondering, like, how did we get here? And this is what I call the road to the holidays. Um, I don't know why this time of year always feels like such a surprise to me, because the truth is we're Costco members. We've been Costco members for a really long time. Costco has had Christmas things out since August, 
right? And we're in this season where like Target and all the other big box stores, they just put out Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas side by side. So it shouldn't be a surprise. And yet here we are on the road to the holidays and surprise, it's November. Um, For many of us, uh, the road to the holidays brings up excitement and anticipation and warm, fuzzy feelings of time with family and work holiday parties or the different holiday parties you're a part of, um, and also the opportunity to buy gifts, and we're excited about that. And then for others of us, um, those very same things, the holiday parties, the extra time with family, the buying of gifts throw in paying quarterly taxes, right? And we feel a lot of dread um, about the holidays. And then um, there are those of us who are in between that spectrum on any given day. And so if that's you, I just want you to know if you are somewhere in between really excited and full of dread, you're not alone. Um, We're in this together this morning and many of us feel that way. I just want to call out that this year also feels extra layered because it feels like the world is on fire, and for many of our brothers and sisters around the world, um, the world is on fire for them, right? There's war and genocide, um, there's political chaos, um, there's all sorts of things happening, and the world feels like it's on fire, and that feels really layered at our end. Um, not to mention that our origin story of Thanksgiving as a holiday, um, there's greater awareness of just how problematic that is, um, just how problematic colonization has been for our indigenous brothers and sisters, um, particularly for the Potawatomi on whose land we stand today. And so we just want to call that out. So if you are feeling a both and, if you are excited and you're feeling all of the layers because someone um, closely connected to you is experiencing war or genocide or political chaos somewhere around the world, um, I think it's helpful for us just to name it um, and be together with those feelings. Um, I think it's helpful for us as we head towards the holidays, you know, to name these things, but also know we're heading into a season where we're about to talk a lot about gratitude and thankfulness and love and joy and happiness and peace and finding our way to those things. And I'm really grateful for a faith community where we've made an intentional choice not to sort of talk about them in like the cheeky holiday ways that a lot of faith communities do or um, just to breeze past them, but that we're actually gonna pause. We're pausing our season in Romans, we're gonna spend three weeks on gratitude, and then we're gonna walk into Advent season together, and I'm so grateful to be a part of a community that values that pause um, as we head into the holidays. So just a little roadmap for today and for next week. Today we're gonna talk about what gratitude is, what gratitude isn't, and how we can use gratitude as a guide for this season. Um, I promise not to bore you. Um, We're in this together. And then next week, our dear friend Mike Goldsworthy is going to be with us. Mike is a dear friend from California. He um, teaches about quarterly here in our community. And he's going to be with us to talk about the actual practice of gratitude and walk us through a few exercises. Um, So what is gratitude anyway, right? Gratitude is a concept that's a little hard to define if we actually think about it. Because it's more than just like being thankful. Um, The first question that pops to mind is like, is it a feeling, an action, a description? Is it a noun, a verb, an adjective? And it's like, yes, yes it is. Gratitude is all of those things. Uh, My husband and I have been married for 23 years and we have an 18 year old and a 20 year old. And when our boys were little, um, for 10 years we lived in um, a community close to our parents and we did our best, you know, this time of year would hit and we did our best to practice gratitude and be thankful and be mindful about how we were going to celebrate the holidays. Um, we um, 
were, participated in a ton of school celebrations. We did Friendsgiving with our neighbors. Um, we read a lot of books on gratitude. We even made one of those gratitude or thankfulness trees that you can make in your home and where you have like a big trunk and um, you create leaves and you write things you're grateful for on the leaves and you add it to the tree. We did that year after year after year. Um, but as our boys got older, our traditions changed. And some of that was because we moved um, to the West Coast, far from family, for work. And then a few years later, we moved to the Midwest again for work. And so our traditions with our families changed. It also changed because as our kids got older, right, as our young ones get older, we have school activities that squeeze out holiday time. We have sports activities that squeeze out holiday time. Our kids want to spend the holidays in different ways, not just the ways that we've um, wanted them to spend them. And so our holiday traditions changed. And as our traditions changed over the years, if I'm being completely honest, I felt a sense of longing, maybe even sadness, that we weren't the kind of family that did the same thing every year, ate the same thing, did the same thing, celebrated in the same way. It seemed as though every few years we were breaking old traditions, which allowed us to make new ones, and that was really fun. In fact, I remember when we lived in Southern California, we had coworkers for a short season. My husband and I were on staff together at a large church, and we had a dear coworker, Dave. Dave and his wife, Molly, would invite everyone who was from, like, um, out of state, not from Southern California. They would invite us to their home on Thanksgiving to spend Thanksgiving with them and their extended family. So they kept on with their tradition, but then they invited um, those of us from Dallas, Texas, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, um, Nashville, Tennessee. They invited us into their home to celebrate Thanksgiving with them and participate in their traditions. But they also asked one thing. They said, hey, bring something that is traditional to you, whether it was food or drink. There were even some fun family games, different ways we celebrated. And so we got to participate in Dave and Molly's traditional Thanksgiving. But for our family, this was we were breaking an old tradition and making a new one. Somewhere along the way, as I was um, approaching uh, another holiday season, I found myself feeling a little sorry for myself, like, oh gosh, you know, I'm so excited to spend time with Dave and Molly, but I kind of wish we were the family that did the same things every year, and it's just not possible. We live far from family. We have to be back for church. Um, our holidays are short. Our boys play sports, and you know, all the things, all the things I was telling myself. And then I read a line out of a book by Melody Beatty. It probably was the book Codependent No More, because I read that book a lot. And Melody said, gratitude turns what we have into enough. And that line rocked my world and shifted my perspective. Gratitude turns what we have into enough. So today, gratitude is commonly defined in these ways. It is a, in a moment, a deep appreciation for what we have received. Another way to define gratitude is this, an acknowledgement of the good in the world around us that comes from outside of ourselves. Now, there's been a lot of research on gratitude, particularly over the last 25 years. And if you do a quick Google search on gratitude, you'll find two names. Much to my surprise, Brene Brown was not one of those names. She's, she says a lot about gratitude, a lot of great things. But those names are Brother David Steindl-Rast and Dr. Robert Emens. And these men have been doing a lot of research 
on gratitude over the last 25 years. Brother David is an Austrian-American Benedictine monk who started studying gratitude early on in life after his family emigrated to the U.S. He then spent the rest of his lifetime um, traveling around the world and living in different monastic communities studying gratitude. Dr. Robert Emons is an American psychologist and a professor at UC Davis in California, and he runs the Gratitude Lab, where he and his colleagues study the scientific research around gratitude. Now, a few fun facts about Brother David. He's 97 years old today. I, I am like a storytelling history geek, and so anytime there's context about someone, I'm like, oh, this is so fun. And so that's why I'm sharing this with you, because I think it adds a little bit more context to this conversation. Brother David is 97 years old today. In his mid-70s, after almost 50 years of monastic living, he came to the conclusion that the human response of gratitude was not just part of our human existence, but it was essential to all human life and central to our religious worldview. He went on to co-found a network for grateful living, an organization dedicated to the study of gratefulness. At age 87, Brother David gave a TED talk titled, Want to be happy? Be grateful. 10 years later today, that TED talk has had over 4 million views. 4 million views. That's how much we want to know how to be grateful and how to be happy. At one point, um, someone asked Brother David the question I'm guessing a lot of us are asking ourselves or asking this morning, and that's how in the world can we be grateful when there are so many hard things happening around us? And Brother David had this response. He said, gratitude isn't about being grateful for everything. It's about being grateful in every given moment. I'm going to read that again. Gratitude isn't about being grateful for everything. It's about being grateful in every given moment. And he goes on to say, we're not grateful for things like violence or for war or for the loss of a loved one or for difficult relationships or circumstances. We're not grateful for those things. But we can be grateful for how we learn and grow as we respond to those difficulties. And we can be grateful for how people show up for us in ways individually and collectively in the midst of those hard things. But here's the deal, and you guys know this, we don't just wake up one day and all of a sudden decide to be grateful. Um, being grateful actually takes a lot of patience and it takes practice. Um, in fact, Dr. Emens, um, the research that he has done with his team compared with uh, Brother David's research, they show us that gratitude literally has the power to change our lives. That when we practice and when we experience gratitude, the chemicals in our brain literally change and we experience things like this. When we practice gratitude, we are more bright, calm, and focused. We are happier and we are thankful. We are more at ease making decisions. We sleep better, eat better, process our stress and emotions better. We use our anxiety as a force for good to birth new things. And here's what I want to say about this. Um, their research shows anxiety in itself is not bad for us because anxiety actually pushes us to birth new things in our life. It's when our anxiety is given over to fear and it's fear that becomes the roadblock. That's when our anxiety becomes not good for us. And so our anxiety is actually a force for good to birth new things. And the last one, we feel more connected to others and to the world. 
This is scientific research that Dr. Emens and his team has done. Dr. Emens also is the author of The Little Book of Gratitude. I don't know if any of you have ever seen this before, but it is a fantastic little resource. At first, I kind of wrote it off because it looks cute, right? And I'm like, I don't want to feel cute about gratitude. I want, like, the real, I want the real stuff. And uh, this book is full of real stuff. Um, so that's by Dr. Emens. But here's why this matters. Brother David and Dr. Emens, they conclude that gratitude is inextricably linked to our sense of belonging to one another and to God. Meaning, together we give gratitude and we receive gratitude. And the more we give and receive, the more we feel connected to one another and the more we feel connected to God. And if you're um, anything like me, I'm like, well, now I'm wondering, well, what does God have to say about gratitude? Uh, there is um, nothing in particular in the scriptures that is attributed to God's voice about gratitude. And yet the, the scriptures actually have a lot to say about gratitude. Um, and there are two authors in particular who have a lot to say about gratitude in the scriptures. In fact, in our lectionary reading this morning, um, Mariah read through or Kristen read through um, Psalm 107. King David has a lot to say in the Psalms about gratitude and thanksgiving. The Apostle Paul has a lot to say. And so we're just going to read through a couple of those passages this morning that are sort of our anchors when it comes to this idea of gratitude. Psalm 107 I'll read this again. Give thanks to the Lord for God is good. God's love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those God redeemed from the hand of the foe. Those God gathered from the lands, from east and west, from north and south. Some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty and their lives ebbed away. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and God delivered them from their distress. God led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. Let them give thanks to the Lord for God's unfailing love and God's wonderful deeds for mankind. For God satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. And then we go on in Psalm 118, which is just a couple chapters later, and we hear David write again, or say again, give thanks to the Lord for God is good, God's love endures forever. Let Israel say God's love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say God's love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say God's love endures forever. When hard-pressed, I cried to the Lord, and God brought me into a spacious place. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is with me. God is my helper. Here we hear David expressing both, both individual and universal gratitude for God, thankfulness to God. And then we jump to the New Testament and we read from the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul actually spends a lot of time talking about Thanksgiving. If you read through the letters that Paul wrote in the New Testament, every single letter he opens with like, I'm thankful for you. He, he writes these letters to all these different um, people in the early church throughout, uh, throughout the region that he's traveling in. And he always starts his letters with how grateful or how thankful he is for them. And often he offers them words of encouragement like this from Philippians 4. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. 
And the peace of God, which transcends all understandings, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then Paul goes on and he writes a letter to the Colossians, and this is what he says to the Colossians. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. To David and Paul, gratitude and thanksgiving are the overflow of God's glory. They're ways to give God's praise and they're ways to experience the love and peace of God, not only through the Spirit, but also through one another. In other words, gratitude seems to be their way of living connected to one another and to God, just like the research of Dr. Emons and Brother David shows us today. The same is true. I think that we um, can't talk about what gratitude is without talking about what gratitude is not. Um, so here are just a few bullet points on what gratitude is not. Gratitude is not a way to push toxic positivity on others. Um, this happens when we don't know what to say to someone. Perhaps they're hurting, and, and so we hear ourselves saying, you know what, everything's going to be fine. You're going to be great. Just keep moving forward. Right? Just keep being you. That's toxic positivity. That's not grat gratitude. Gratitude is not a way to manipulate or shame others. You know, as a parent, I've been guilty of this when I like, feel like at my wit's end and I've said to my kids, like, you should be so grateful for everything I've done for you, right? Like, how many of us have said that to loved ones? I've said it a lot. But gratitude is not a way to manipulate or shame other people. Gratitude is also not a way to justify our inaction or minimize ourselves. And here's what this sounds like. Gratitude is not a way to not do the thing we know we need to do or to stay stuck where we are, right? For some of us, um, maybe we are in a dead-end job or a toxic work environment, and we um, are uh, maybe inactive in our pursuit of finding something else, and so we're like, oh, I'm just so grateful to have a job, right? Yes, yes, you are, and, like, don't stay stuck there. Um, or maybe this is in friendships, right? You're like, oh, I'm just so grateful I have a friend, even though that friend treats you terribly and you need to find a new friend. So gratitude is not a way to justify inaction or minimize ourselves. Gratitude is not a way to escape uncomfortable emotions we don't want to feel. Um, this is when we focus on the blessings and we ignore the mess. Um, and here's the deal. We can focus on the blessings and we need to take care of the mess. Okay, um, I th think about this as like a beach ball at the, in, um, in water or at the ocean. Like if you try to shove a beach ball down, eventually it pops back up. Um, if we keep focusing on the blessings and we ignore the mess, eventually the mess in our lives is going to pop back up. And so it needs to be a both and. And the last one, gratitude is not a way to spiritually bypass something difficult. Um, spiritually bypassing is when we use spiritual explanations to dismiss or avoid complicated emotions. Um, like maybe when we're working through something really hard and someone says, well, God is in control. Or uh, God works all things for good. Um, we are more than conquerors in God. You're going to get over this soon. With God, all things are possible. Yes, and that does not minimize the pain or discomfort that we're going through. And so if we're saying those things as a way to like throw a Band-Aid on a situation because we don't know how to respond, that's called spiritual bypassing and that's not gratitude. 
So what do we do with gratitude? What do we do with this idea of gratitude? We can give gratitude and we can receive gratitude as our way to, fully, to live fully alive, right? That's what the research shows, that we actually live better lives when we practice gratitude. It changes the chemicals in our brain. It makes our lives different. We can stay connected to one another and to God. We hear that in the research. We hear that in scripture, that that's what gratitude does for us. But we can also use gratitude as a guide, a guide for how to be present and mindful as we approach the holidays. A guide for how to be present and mindful as we live our lives. Um, and you might be thinking, well, that's great, Beth, but uh, I don't know what that practically means. Like, how do we actually use gratitude as a guide? And maybe the answer is just as simple as this. Maybe we use gratitude as our guide through prayer and mindfulness. Those two simple things prayer and mindfulness. Next week, we're going to talk about um, more about the actual practice of gratitude. But this week, as we think about gratitude as our guide, um, may we see gratitude as our guide through prayer and mindfulness. Brother David says that prayer is whatever lifts up your heart. When we are grateful, our hearts are lifted up. So what is prayer to you? Like what lifts up your heart? For some of us, I think it's words, right? We, we pray out loud or we keep a gratitude journal and that's what lifts our hearts up. For others, it's music. Um, and and I'm not, it does not even have to be like church music. It's music that lifts our hearts up. And so we pray and we're mindful as we listen to music. For some of us, it's phys a physical place or physical activities. Like our bodies need to be in motion and that's what lifts our hearts up. For some of us, it's simply lighting a candle. Um, whether it's like at our work desk or in our homes, and it's just the warmth of that light. That's our prayer. That's what lifts our hearts up. So whatever method works best for you, I want to encourage you to think or pray about how you can give and receive gratitude this, this season. How can you use gratitude as your guide? Um, when it comes to mindfulness, using mindfulness as a way to practice gratitude, experience gratitude as a guide, our friends at Onsite Workshops um, just recently posted a fantastic list of nine questions to ask yourself to start planning for the holidays today. And here's why we bring this up. Um, Onsite Workshops is an emotional wellness center offering life-changing therapeutic experiences. Um, many people here in our community have participated in those life-changing experiences on-site. Some of you are even practitioners in that space where you help provide um, those experiences for the rest of us who need life-changing therapeutic experiences. Um, and I thought rather than me like throw something out at you for mindfulness, um, I, I, they have this fantastic list. You can find it on their social media um, if you look up on-site workshops. But nine questions. Here we go. Uh, what feeling do I want to embody this season? With whom do I want to celebrate? What boundaries do I need to set this season? In what traditions or practices do I want to partake in? What do I want to do differently this season? What traditions are no longer serving me? What can I do for fun? What are my non-negotiables? How can I communicate my desires to my family and friends? Um, I think pausing to ask ourselves these questions and actually answer some of them is a way that we use mindfulness 
in our practice of gratitude. This list of questions is a wonderful um, way to be mindful of gratitude. And yet I also know that when we break tradition, we make tradition. And this gets a little sticky sometimes, breaking tradition to make tradition. I think over the last few weeks we've been talking about um, Romans and Paul's writing to the Romans. And I think this is actually what Paul was getting at as he addressed the, Jew, addressed the Jewish and Gentile followers of Jesus. As they were all coming together with their own ideas of worship and practice and tradition, it was their holiday season. And they were coming from two very different places as the Jewish followers of Jesus and the Gentile followers of Jesus. And Paul, in his writings, he was in between the breaking and the making of new traditions for the early church. And in doing so, we hear him pointing towards gratitude and thanksgiving and to the Spirit as their guide. So the question I'm asking all of us to consider as we close out our time this morning is this. How will we use gratitude in prayer and mindfulness? How will you use gratitude in prayer and mindfulness as your guide this holiday season? Mariah is going to lead us in a song of gratitude and prayer as we close out our time together this morning. But my hope for us over the next few weeks is that we see gratitude as one of the meaningful ways um, that we're connected to one another and to God. Outside of the research, right, gratitude does really cool things to our brains and our bodies, and we have access to that. But outside of that, gratitude is how we stay connected to one another and to God. And that in the breaking of our old traditions and the making of new traditions, that we would experience gratitude as our guide to prayerfully and mindfully prepare for the holiday season this first weekend in November. So I'm going to teach you guys a new song. Um, you can feel free to sing along as, we, as you catch on. Or maybe this time you just want to sit and think through. Maybe there was a question that caught your attention in those last few slides. Um, but take this, these few moments to maybe reflect. Or like I said, if you catch on to the new song that we're going to actually be kind of carrying through for the next three weeks. Uh, feel free to engage however you need right now. One, two, three, two,
thanks to the Lord, our God and King. God's love endures forever. God's love. God's love endures forever. God's love. God's love endures forever. One more time. God's love endures forever. So South Bend City Church, if you're able, will you stand to your feet? And because gratitude is a way that connects us to one another and to God, we're actually going to share in our benediction together this morning. Um, We're going to read excerpts from Psalm 107 out loud to each other and with each other and over each other this first weekend in November. All together, give thanks to the Lord, for God is good. God's love towards us endures forever. May we be grateful in every moment for the ways our lives have been redeemed. For God satisfies our thirst for more and fills our lives with good things. And may grace and peace be with you. Amen. Enjoy your day.